Let me just give a quick prayer of illumination. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we come before you to do a great task, to open your word and to understand it, that our hearts might be made anew, that they might be quickened. We can't do this without your help. And so we come before you and we ask that you would open our hearts, you would open our eyes, and you would open our ears to the truths that you're going to speak to us today, that we might be strengthened in our faith, or if we lack faith, that it might be brought into our hearts and engendered there, that it may may grow and become a strong tree. And we pray all this in the name of your risen Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, we'll be doing Ezekiel 37, verses 1 to 14. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones, and he led me around among them. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone, and I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and, the fl- and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, son of man, These bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land, and you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. In this Easter season, uh, churches all around the world are focusing upon the resurrection of Christ. Many unbelieving individuals around Christmas and Easter time decide to go and, and visit their local congregation, perhaps to appease family as a cultural ritual or just because they got the seasonal itch. 
Perhaps every Easter they hear the same message. Christ is risen. And indeed, he is risen. And that is a glorious message that ought to be proclaimed for years to come. But we cannot let their exposure to God's word stop there. And we cannot let our exposure to God's word stop there. To know that Christ is God, the Son incarnate, and to know that he died on the cross and rose three days later, yes, those things are necessary to assent to and to understand, but that's not enough. We must know why Christ died. We must know what it means for us personally. And therefore, congregation, I give to you Ezekiel 37, verses 1 to 14, the reason for Easter and the result of Easter. So we're going to break this text up into three parts. The first, the state of fallen humanity. The second, divine confrontation. And the third, effectual regeneration. And verses 1 and 2, we'll do that first part. I'll read them again. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, There were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. Congregation, this is the state of fallen humanity. A valley of dry bones. Ezekiel's vision takes him to a valley, a large plot of land. And in this valley, Ezekiel sees bones. He sees a lot of bones. In fact, he remarks that the valley is actually full of these bones. The dead covered this place. Skeletons lined the ground. On every square inch was death. This is a picture of fallen humanity. See, humanity fell into death both physically and spiritually through the sin of our first father, Adam. After the fall, uh, the world was just like this valley. It was coated in death. Humans were born uh, thenceforth in sin and depravity. David claims this for himself, confessing, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. David is greater than all of us here. Yet, from birth, he was dead. And so from birth, we might be doubly dead, you might even say. We are all deceased at conception, depraved from the womb. Now, surely you've heard the saying, the pro-life saying, life begins at conception. And this is a true saying. Yet an even truer saying is this, death begins at conception. Because the life that is there at conception, congregation, is only a physical life. We may move around, and we may breathe, and we may make noises as little children. But every breath, every heartbeat, every blink of the eye serves only to make war with God. This is the very opposite of Christ's definition of life, which is intimate covenantal relationship and service and love to the triune God. Our physical life only facilitates our spiritual death. And with fallen humanity, just as with Ezekiel's valley, these corpses begin to decay. The flesh 
decomposes. Scavenging animals and insects gather around to consume the flesh of these decomposing bodies piece by piece until the bones are left completely bare. And the hot sun blasts its rays of heat upon these bones, drying out the marrow inside until it is no more than dust. So much so that Ezekiel says, as if it was a matter of remarkable importance, Behold, they were very dry. This is no different with humanity before grace. Death begins at conception, but over time, decay sets in. Over time, decay sets in. As we grow used to our death, to our sinfulness, to our deformity, as external troubles make us increasingly bitter, as we give more and more into temptation, it tears off another piece. And so it is. Piece by piece, we become less recognizable, less human, less like God. Those of us who live in this manner, those of us who are committed uh, to willful sin, they become hardened to God's word in their hearts. They reject God more and more every time with the utmost fervency increasing into a progressive amount of depravity. This is spiritual decay. Congregation, is this you? Does Ezekiel point to you when he says, Behold, they were very dry. If a spiritual doctor examined you, would he say, For what purpose have you brought me a skeleton? There's been no life here for years. Sometimes sin has full reign for so long that spiritual death becomes little more than ancient history to us. Maybe you come here this morning and you say, yes, I am dead and I have been dead this whole time. I've lived a life full of sin and it is too late for me to care. Perhaps you've heard and rejected the gospel so many times now uh, without any fruit of conversion that you've lost all hope in the gospel's power to convert. Perhaps you think, maybe it's just me. Maybe I just can't be converted. Maybe I am unsavable. Remember, each and every one of you was once a dry and lifeless skeleton. Whether you sit here today as somebody who has known Christ as long as you can remember, or as one who sees your heart as impregnable to the gospel, these dry bones represented you at one point in your life. Now for the second part, verses 3 and 4, I'll read them again. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is a divine confrontation. God is demanding an answer from you. Now keep in mind, Ezekiel is not the one asking this question. And surely the dead bones are not asking the question. No, it is God that is asking the question. Can these dry bones, these seemingly hopeless and depraved sinners who dove so deeply into death, can they come back to life? Hear me. God is not waiting for long dead skeletons to take the initiative to request resurrection. 
God makes the first move. He demands an answer. To Ezekiel, can apostate Israel live? To the pastor, can your unbelieving congregant live? To the father, can your rebellious children live? To the wife, can your irreligious husband live? This touches all of us. To any and all who feel a lack of hope in this world amongst all the sin and all the unbelief, God is confronting you today. He asks you, can these bones live? Ezekiel's answer is much like that of our own in these scenarios, at least what I've heard in my discussions with fellow Christians. It's really nothing out of the ordinary. See, we would never dare to question the immeasurable power of God. God can do anything he wishes to do. He's a God that creates out of nothing. Of course, he can restore um, dead bodies back to life. But when it comes to our own hopeless situations, we often doubt God's willingness to save. We doubt that God's love extends to sinners such as ourselves. You who today find yourself in Christ know God's love extends this far. And it extends further. To put a limit on grace is to misunderstand it. God comes along us in our doubts just as he does for Ezekiel. When we fear that God doesn't will to save those whose unbelief weighs heavy on our hearts, God says to us, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, do not disregard those in your life who are lost because they seem too far gone. Do not settle for silent prayer. Confront them with the gospel. Proclaim God's word to those who whose dry bones are so evident that you might say, no, they're dead, they can't live. Look at them. They're dry. There's been no life there for 10 years, for 20 years. They have no fruit. Look, he says to these dry bones, proclaim my word to them. It doesn't matter if they have no ears to see or ears to hear, because neither do dry bones. The Lord will make them ears to hear, The Lord will make them eyes to see. And that's why the spiritual doctor can't do anything for them. Because doctors can only help you live longer, but they're not going to prevent you from dying, and they're not going to bring you back from the dead. You need a God that can create out of nothing to bring you back to to life from the dead. And that's exactly what happens at regeneration. See, just as the Lord assembles once again these bones with ligaments, fat, muscle, blood, skin, and the breath of life, so too will God put into us and has put into us uh, his life and real new spiritual life, resurrecting us from, from death. And all of that at the proclamation of his efficacious word. The Lord has said to you in regard to his will for the lost people in your life, Proclaim my word to them. For you too were once a sack of dry bones. God's hand is never short of miracles. In the last part, verses uh, 5 to 14, I will not read them again. Um, I will read them again when we get to 11 to 14. So you can, you can, you can look at it while I'm, while I'm going over this, if you would like. This is the effectual regeneration. And so it begins, congregation. In this vision, Ezekiel's commanded to prophesy to the dead bones to tell them that God will resurrect their bodies with all the fixings 
sinews, flesh, skin, and the breath of life. And he does this. Behold, the bones, the very bones which were dead and which were dry, they begin to assemble. He hears a rattling. Imagine this congregation. He hears a rattling. This would be terrifying. And he hears this rattling. And they come together, bone to bone, suddenly. And with all the anatomical pieces of the human body, just as they once were, yet they were still not alive. So God says, Son of man, proclaim to the breath. Proclaim to the breath. The breath in this represents the Holy Ghost. Proclaim to the breath that it would go into the bodies, that they may live. This vision so far may seem extremely confusing, or at least it did to me. But as we go on, we see God clarifies his point in 11 to 14. Let me read that for you. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit within you and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it, declares the Lord. Okay. So this prophecy he's telling us, this is about Israel. You see, Israel was dead in sin as a nation. They had lost all hope. You see, they thought that after their their fall as a nation, that God was done with them, that they were in regard to the Spirit, nothing more than dusty, dry bones, mere memoirs of a life that had been snuffed out long ago. What a hopeless perspective. But God comes along them as a nation, and he says to them, Yes, you are dead. That's evident. But I will resurrect you. And when you are resurrected, when you rise from your graves that I rip open, I will place you back into the land and fill you with my Holy Spirit. Then you will understand. Once you understand the depths of grace, how unworthy you are, how dead you are, and once I save you in that state, then you will be in true covenant relationship with me. Mind you, this is in the time of Israel's exile. The land for Israel represents the new Jerusalem, which is still yet to come. It's the second go at the Garden of Eden, you might say. The better Eden. This land represents a future where we can dwell face to face with God, with the living God, in covenant with him. God will raise these people from the dead, from their state of inability and death, and he will put new life into them. He will fill them with his Holy Spirit, and he will bring them into the new Eden and dwell with them in the land for eternity. And all of this by the power of the word of God. This is the resurrection unto life. This is the renewal unto glory. Christian, can the dry bones in your family, in your church, in your neighborhood, can they live? 
God's asking you that. But God has his own answer. God says yes. Yes. Yes and a thousand times yes. And in fact, go and proclaim. Go and proclaim my word to them, to those dry bones. God commands you to go straight up to these bones and to say with authority, Behold, thus says the Lord God, You are dead in your sins. Christ died to make alive those who are dead in their sins. And all who by the power of the Spirit's regenerating grace, those who by trust in Christ will pass from death into life spiritually and physically and will reign with the Lord God for eternity in the final and the perfect Eden. And how can you know that that will work? Because, Christians, you were once nothing more than dry bones. You once had neither eyes to see nor ears to hear, yet by the power of God's word, he reassembled you and he gave you those new eyes. He gave you those new ears and he gave you that new heart. He filled you with his Holy Spirit. How can we doubt his will to save the lost? You are risen with him to eternal life in his kingdom now and you will await that still. And all by him all by his word and by his spirit. Not by your will, not by your works. You were dead, you were bones, you didn't have ears, you didn't have eyes, and he still saved you. Can these dry bones live? This church is living proof that they can. Amen. Let me give a quick prayer for application, if you don't mind. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we come before you again. We ask you, if any of us are dry bones, that you would give us those ears, you would give us those eyes, that the message that was heard today would not fall on deaf ears, but that it would penetrate into our hearts, that you would save us from death, that we would pass into life. Lord, we ask that you would strengthen the faith of those who are in Christ that they would go home and not doubt when they see their families tonight, oh, oh, this person has no hope, but that they would say, look, you are dead in your sins, and Christ died so to save sinners. Believe, believe on the Lord and live. We pray that this message would give us hope, that it would give us life, life from death and life from life, grace upon grace, and we pray this in the name of your risen Son, for he is risen. Amen.